affair Dear friends in higher places Carry me away from here Travel light, let the sun eclipse you Cause your flight is about to leave And there's more to this brave adventure Than you'd ever believe Bird's eye view Awake the stars cause they're all Hello, welcome back to Export Audio, a podcast of podcasts. We are the greatest podcast on the internet, and there's never been a better time to listen to Export Audio. This is the Mew of Export Audio, episode 151. I'm joined not by Autumn, although you might hear a, a cat playing Forza? Question mark in the background. I'm playing the Forza Horizon menu system mostly. Ah, the Forza Horizon menus. But instead, actually talking into a microphone, I have Crystal. It's me. I'm a fool. A fool for Gahul. You're the fool of Gahul. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are a little bit... First of all, we watched Legend of the Guardians, The Owls of Gahul, the 2010 CG animated adventure movie, fantasy adventure movie, uh, directed by Zack Snyder. You're a bit of a Snyder head, I understand. Yeah, you know, I, I, I've definitely been uh, appreciating the films of Zack Snyder lately. I watched mm-hmm. uh, Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, and Sucker Punch recently. Uh, are those in order that they happened or in order of quality? Uh, those are the, the or in the order that they happened. In order of quality would probably <laughs> be uh, from top to bottom, Sucker Punch, Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman. That's probably the opposite of what anyone expected you to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. People have weird ideas about this guy. He's just he's just a fucking director. I don't know. Like yeah. he did make three hundred. I understand he made three hundred. There's no excuse in that one. But uh... that's not even like. Uh, I don't know. Maybe 300 is just also a bad movie on top of being kind of repellent. <laughs> um, so I've got this list of Snyder movies here. Uh-huh. And I don't really care about the ones that he didn't actually direct. Okay. So we've got Dawn of the Dead, 2004, 300, Watchmen, Legend of the Guardians, Sucker Punch, Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, Justice League, uh with a footnote and then Zack Snyder's Justice League with another footnote. <laughs> right. Um Army of the Dead and then there's another one coming at some point. Yeah, Rebel Moon. Rebel Moon. That's a great title. I hope it's good. Yeah. Have you seen all of the Snyder directed films? Um I haven't seen Dawn of the Dead. I think I might have seen half of it, but I don't remember it. Um I haven't seen Watchmen. And I haven't seen Army of the Dead, but I think I've seen everything else. I saw a little bit of Army of the Dead one morning before work, and I rather enjoyed it, but I never went back to finish it. 
Seems uh, like a fine, fine film. Yeah. Um, Dawn of the Dead, I wouldn't watch until I watched the others that preceded it. The Of the Dead franchise, if you will. Right, you want to understand the context. Yeah, because it's like a remake, right? Yeah. I don't know anything about the Of the Dead films. Oh, the screenplay of that one is by James Gunn, one of my mortal enemies. Yeah, that guy is bad at making movies. But you know who's good at making movies? Zack Snyder. <laughs> yeah, he made, he made a good flick this time. Yeah, I've seen 300, and it's one of my least favorite movies. I've seen Batman v Superman and Zack Snyder's Justice League. So I, I never saw Man of Steel or Sucker Punch or Watchmen, which I know are maybe more uh, more widely seen than the others. I know Watchmen was kind of a hit, right? Or was it not a hit? Yeah, was I think it the people, opposite of that? <laughs> I think uh, people generally like that movie, and it, it was uh, pretty popular. Because I can't tell if the volume of people talking about Watchmen was because it was good or bad, or good but a bad adaptation, or whatever. Well, you know, the thing Zach has said about this is like, yeah, I like to make movies that people uh, will debate about for years and years. <laughs> Except the one time he made a children's movie, and it was not that. <laughs> Yeah, this is this is definitely the most just like straightforward adventure film of that I've seen of him. It's a normal movie. It's a normal movie. This is the same thing as you know, like Star Wars. This is um, as it says on the movie poster from the studio that brought you Happy Feet. Uh, yeah, it is a a. All, an all-ages adventure film that's animated and it's voiced by just a bunch of famous guys that you have seen in other things. I understand why they would say the studio that brought you Happy Feet, because that's the other like solely animated movie they did, but Animal Logic is also a studio that just like works on every movie. They're just a VFX house. Oh, well... Good for them. They did a good job. Yeah. This is a well-animated film. Looks good. It looks great, honestly. I would I would I would watch this on Blu-ray. Oh, yeah, there's definitely all the parts with like the the snow and such. I'm like, mm, the video compression is not handling this part well. I should watch it on Blu-ray. While we were watching, I had the tab open with the Voice cast, I was pointing out, guys. Uh, one that I never pointed out, and I realize now should have. One, uh, Ez, Ezel, Ez, it's hard to read it, Ezelrib, or formerly Lies of Keel, the uh, sort of mentor figure here, is Jeffrey Rush. That's Barbosa. Barbosa himself, yeah. Yeah. He did a great fucking job. Lots of people just bringing it in this movie in terms of like the voice performances. Jeffrey Rush, all-time actor, in my opinion. I'm always glad to see him. Yeah, that's how I feel about Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving, too. I, you know, it's weird that his parents never came back at the end. Yeah, or that he never went back to them to, like, tell them, Hey, uh, <coughs> you were right. The Bible is true. Heaven exists, so you can come with us to find it. 
Maybe that's just how owls work. I don't know much about owl social behavior. Yeah, I guess so. I, I said that because in the moment I realized that this could almost function as sort of a biblical allegory in the style of the Chronicles of Narnia. <laughs> <laughs> almost. almost I, I don't know anything about Narnia. But I, I know people say that it's a, it's a Christian allegory, but in what way? Uh, in the way that, like, there's a lion who created people and then... He, he dies and sacrifices himself and comes back to life. Uh, and then later on it gets more explicit than that. But okay. the big the big thing people point to is the fact that in the first book, or second, depending on how you look at it, uh, he does the whole, like, dies and comes back thing. Okay. But also, like, it's woven in there, you know, he the author has made that very explicit, that that's what that is. Um I haven't actually read all of them. I've only read the first two and then the last one, I think. <laughs> you know what also I haven't read? Guardians of Cahool. That's true. I kind of want to read those books now. Yeah, and knowing that they're like kids' books is like, oh, that's probably like, what? Uh, Four-hour read? I don't even know yeah. how long these things are. Breezy. Because I've been recently, I've I've read a couple Star Wars: Galaxy of Fear books, which are also children's books, and they're like maybe a hundred pages long. That's a perfect length for a book. The capture. Oh, this is. Uh, this is two hundred forty have... pages for the capture. Really, that's a book ass book. That's like a real book. All right. Guardians of Gahul, you've shown you know how to play. Uh, <clears throat> lots of books, actually, in this one. I was surprised to see that. Although, I guess it follows from this sort of book, because there's other series, especially about animals, that go on for lots of books it seems like that's not so much the case anymore like most i guess this would almost be ya maybe or it would be sold as ya now um but i feel like there's a lot of i, I feel like there aren't very many book series i hear about at least that are odd numbers long i feel mm. like there's a lots of trilogies or lots of fives I mean, Warrior Cats is still going. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I never slowed down Warrior Cats. Warrior Cats is kind of like this, but it's about cats. It's about, uh, well, the first series, at least, I don't know what it's like now, is about, like, House Cat, who joins a clan of cats in the wild, and they fight over territory against other cat clans. Looks like we've got eight different series of cat warrior cats. Or, they're warriors. I guess they're just called warriors. Yes, warriors is but often referred to as warrior cats yeah warriors the prophecies begin warriors the new prophecy great follow-up uh warriors power of three warriors omen of the stars warriors dawn of the clans warriors a vision of shadows warriors the broken code warriors a starless clan the eighth sub-series 
April 2022, November 2022, and April 2023. And three more unnamed installments. And I guess Warrior Cats was kind of descended from the tradition of, of Redwall. Yeah. Um, funny Animals, a classic type of uh, story, especially for kids. I, I just like to witness an animal. Mm-hmm. I like to think about an animal. Uh, wow, there are more Redwall books than I thought there were. There's so many. Uh, I just think all the cleverness of men cannot compare to seeing a cat in a movie. Hmm, what about in a book, in the mind's eye? That's even better, because then I can imagine the cat stretching out. Are you imagining it right now? I am. How's it? It's very pleasant. (laughs) Is, Is he good at stretching? Yeah. Stretching out good, doing, you know, what you would call a big stretch. Oh, okay. Um, we got 22 Redwall books. The most recent of which, the oldest of which is from 1986, obviously. The most recent of which is 2011. They uh, they saw this movie and were like, oh, we gotta wrap this shit up. Well, I think the actual thing is that he died. Oh, really? Yes. In 2011. Brian yeah. Jacques. That would also make sense. I remember I read a lot of those, and I read, um, he did another book about the Flying Dutchman or something? Uh, yeah, Castaways of the Flying Dutchman. Yeah. But I remember I had to stop reading Redwall, because I was like, even even though I am an eight-year-old child, I'm like, these really are all the same book. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of them. They can't be that, like, there's only so much you can do without radically altering the thing right like you can only change the status quo so much for these things i feel like so that makes sense i guess this is how you get um things like when i go to the local bookstore here down the street they have a shelf that's just tarzan books it's like i bet some of these are pretty similar to each other yeah I mean, how many Tarzan stories can you tell? He can't. He can never learn too much about other people. Um, but we're not here to talk about warriors. We're not here to talk about Redwall. We're here to talk about the Owl movie. I the guess 2010 the 2010 film. The 2010 film. I guess the thing is, is that when a movie is just kind of good, it's hard to, like, have a discussion about it. Because once you, you've, you've said, oh, I didn't expect this movie to be good, uh, you've said it all. <laughs> I mean, I, I was not surprised that this movie is good. I, I expected it to be pretty good. I was surprised. I mean, really? I didn't ex- I didn't have any expectations for it because I didn't I guess I expected it to be just like a mid kids movie. Like yeah. I guess I kind of expected Ice Age. <laughs> okay. Let's or, say you got like a pretty good kids movie. Yeah, I got like a pretty good kids movie. It's like the 
the jokes are not obnoxious, mostly. Um, the pacing is really good. The characters are fun. The voices are fun. The It looks good. It takes itself a little bit seriously, but not too seriously. Um, so the, the, Which means that there are, like, stakes, and you care about the characters a little bit. Um, it's just a good movie. And it, it makes me wonder, like... Is this actually, you know, I know it's not because movies are made by hundreds of people. But like it, it prompted the like, is how much of this is actually like Zack Snyder's doing? Because like this could also like anybody could have directed this movie because I'm sure this was going to happen regardless of Zack Snyder's presence. Um, well, I was well. I guess the thing I was surprised by is how much of this was recognizably a Snyder film. Yeah, yeah. Like every time there was like a fight scene, exa- uh, uh, especially, but like also any time the uh, weird magic rocks that we don't really understand <laughs> came into play, uh, yeah. that that also felt very like if this weren't CG, then that camera would be shaken. Yes. Uh, and it was shaken anyway, but, you know. Um, Even just the way it looks, like, Zack Snyder directs animated films all the time. It's just kind of what every blockbuster is. Yeah, those those superhero movies. And, like, th- this looks the same as, like, when Justice League gets really CG heavy. Yeah, except that the, the protagonists are cuter in this one. Yeah, they're owls instead of guys. Um, I like the evil brother. I was like, yeah. they're really playing the, the hits on that one. Yeah, it was really just like, okay, we're going to tell the story. We have these beats and we're going to hit them. And we're just going to hit them well. And we're going to execute on these arcs. Which are not like subversive, but they are just like well done and well acted, and it's just like wow, this is it's a nice turkey sandwich I'm eating. It's a classic. I like it. I recognize every texture in the in my mouth right now, uh, and I picked this because I wanted that. Should we describe what happens in this movie for the people? Absolutely who aren't not. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's talk about the actual plot of this movie about. Um, owl fascism yeah kind of so in this world of course owls not just one type of animal there's a lot of different types of owls you know there's barn owls there's elf owls there's horn owls etc etc but some owls there's a there's a faction of tidal owls who are like tidal owls are the best owls and we should be the rulers of all the owl kingdoms so then they uh they kidnap children and um moon blind them moon blink them moon blink yeah which, which means makes them dosov slaves it means make them sleep under the in the moonlight which makes yeah. them slaves yeah they get like, hypnotized by the moon yeah happens all the time But then, uh, you know, our our heroes, uh, Soren and his brother and an elf owl who gets kidnapped along with them, 
they all get taken to the to the Nazi owl camp and they're forced to be slaves. But then the one of the guys tries to like train them to fly because they don't know how to fly because they're kids. And but the brother owl's like, no, actually, I want to be a strong guy. I'm I'm being seduced by the dark side on this one. Uh, one second. Hold on. Hi. Hello. Listeners, our pizza got here, so I had to run down and get it. Delicious pizza. Delicious pizza. So, that's what I'll be doing after this. It's talking about how the brother went to the dark side. Yeah. The brother who's not a dreamer, like Soren. Yeah, Soren's a bit of a dreamer because he, he believes in the legend of the Guardians of Gahul. Clud, spelled exactly how you want it to be, K-L-U-D-D, is much more... He's not Soren. He's a very down-to-earth guy. Yeah, he's the big brother, and he already knows how to fly. And he's like, you need to stop dreaming and get your head out of the clouds and focus on what's in front of you. Yeah, I just now realized that Soren was a pun, so that's why I said that. Soren, yeah. He also has a faux hawk, because it's 2010. (laughs) He does have a faux hawk, the evil brother. He is all in, because he's like, oh, this... I, I like this. I like being special. I love being the strong. I love being told that I'm special. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he goes, he just goes into it and he, he leans into that ideology to the point that he like sells out his sister and he's yeah, like, he Hey, you know, links his own little sister. You know, I have a sister. She might grow up and be strong like me one day. Please respect me. <laughs> so he does personally moon blank his sister. And uh, so Soren and what's her name? Can you enter your mind palace? Mm-hmm. Do you remember the name of the elf outlet? Oh, well, that would definitely have to be uh, Gilfi. That's right. Gilfi. It's like an oomphy who's a gilf. <laughs> yeah. We should also mention that all the evil owls are British and the good owls are Australian. Yeah. Which I wouldn't have noticed, but you pointed that out because you are smarter and cooler than me. Because Animal Logic's an Australian studio. Ah. Um, lots of familiar faces, like I said before, but unexpected for me um because we have the return of david wenham who you might know as faramir or if you're cool as friar carl from van helsing and this is the next character we're introduced to his name is digger because he is a burrowing owl oh wait this is the guy from uh the immortal iron fist he what? was the villain. Oh. I was like, there's no way he was the Iron Fist. What? He was a Harold Meacham. He killed a man, 
He killed his assistant because he bought a bunch of different flavors of ice cream. He was like, here, come eat. I just want a big evil victory. Come eat some ice cream with me. And the assistant was like, oh, I, I don't like any of this fancy ice cream. Do you have any vanilla? Hmm? So he kills him for that. <laughs> I think about that scene a lot. It's not a good show, but that was a good scene. I've been told that vanilla is the finest of the flavors. By who? Bare naked ladies. Yeah, they would say that. Um, so we meet Digger. He's a burrowing owl. He digs, but only in that first scene, and he doesn't really do it ever again. They just want to illustrate that there's lots of different types of owls and that lots of different right. types of owls can, you know, be friends. Uh, like Twilight, the great gray owl. Um, also, Digger has a... Um, which one is it? The hair? He has the, I... the saber hair. Uh, the Ahoge. Yes. He has that one, not the other one. To show that he is foolish. He is foolish. Um, then we have Twilight, the great gray owl, who is sort of a bard. He calls himself a warrior poet. Yeah, he plays a lute. Yeah. And we are quickly reintroduced to a character who we had not mentioned, which is a, a toothless snake, who is the babysitter for Soren and clud and the other one the little sister with the really long name um i cannot remember her name eglantine eglantine um the snake's named mrs plithiver yeah i don't know if that's like a pun Um, i don't know but Regardless, she's like an old lady. It's cute. She um, lives in the loot. Yeah, she she stays in the loot because uh, they have to. She can't fly, and they have to like get her around. Um, but she's there. She's having a good time. She doesn't really do much from this point on, except kind of do a, a joke or two. Yeah, they're just showing that even snakes and owls can be friends, even though owls like to eat snakes sometimes. Yeah. Um, but they're trying to get out away from the pure ones, as they're called, uh, which is led by, uh, Metalbeak, which is, who is not even a Taito owl, a barn owl. He is a greater sooty owl. That's right. He has no beak, so he wears a mask and he has like a metal beak. He lost it in the the great battle that Soren uh, looks up to. Yeah, the story that Soren likes to to recount. Um, but they're flying, and they're flying over the ocean, or maybe not an ocean. It's you know these are birds, so scale is out the window. But it's a long way. They end up falling, or Digger ends up falling, and is rescued by one of the guardians. Who helps them get to the guardian tree. Which is really cool, fancy, everything's green, it's a nice place, everyone's happy. Lots of different types of owls live together in one tree. 
lots of different kinds of owls. There's one owl who looks like she's wearing black lipstick and eyeshadow. Yeah, the goth owl. Who is supposed to be Soren's love interest, even though they don't really... I don't think they really deliver on that. Ochulissa. Um, I guess that might be a book thing. I'm sure there's much more uh, of that in the books. We found out afterward that this is three books. Kind of like the uh, series of unfortunate events movies starring Jim Carrey as Count Olaf. Mm -hmm. This is also a very loose adaptation. Yeah. It's um, kind of just its own thing. Uh, un uh, which really... Not to, not to talk about this every chance I get, but I will talk about this every chance I get. The Aragon film adaptation really should have taken a page out of this <laughs> future movie's book if it was going to change so much it could have been a self-contained movie and it would have been more fun i mean it was fun but you know they should have let I... john malkovich sword fight with that guy that's all i'm saying i was just thinking like wait aragon had a video game yes yeah. probably had a video game too and it did Ooh. Uh, video game. I want to play this game. It was on the DS, PlayStation 3, Wii, and Xbox 360. See, whenever reviewers note that the game has a short playtime and low replay value, I'm like, yes, thank you, God, thank you. It's, oh, it's like a movie then. Yeah, I would love to play a three-hour video game, please. Uh, let me see if I can get some images. Oh, of course it's a flying game. <laughs> Yeah. I, okay, so I don't care about flying games. I am bad at them. I probably wouldn't play this. But it just looks cozy in the way that this era of video games kind of did. There's like a weird, not nostalgia, but like, yeah, video games. There's a big green A button on the screen. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, 17 years old in 2010. I was... I would have we're the turned... same age. Yeah, we are the same age. <laughs> did you already know we were the same age? Yes. Okay, I did not process that. <laughs> uh, but now I'm going to say Gahul video game, and I'm going to add DS, because we all know that's a different game. Gotta be. Um... No, it looks like it's the same damn game. <laughs> yeah, but the DS is basically the best platform ever made yeah probably it's probably a good, good game um you got lots of blue lines on here like the movie yeah there's also rocks that uh, have some sort of a vague power over the gizzards of birds they talk about gizzards a lot in this movie yeah, like in a metaphorical sense, but then later it's literal because the, the flex, which are these this weird metal that sometimes mice eat, and so the slaves have to pick through owl pellets to find the flex. And they put the metals together and it snaps to each other like magnets, which raises the question of why you can't use the fleck to find other fleck to pull it out of the pellets. It seems like it would be pretty efficient especially since you have bats who don't have gizzards and are those not 
ambiguously impaired by the glowy blue lines that look like a magnetic field but aren't. It's like kryptonite for birds. It is bird tonight. <laughs> and crocodiles. Crocodiles? Yeah, they also have gizzards. They're they are archosaurs. That's fucked up. Yeah. Honorary birds. Good thing there weren't any crocodiles in this movie. But hey, if it had if it had done like Gangbusters, we might have seen some wolf movies. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's a whole uh, extended universe of different animals within the Gahulverse. I I believe they are wolves, horses, and bears are the are the big series after the owls of Gahul. Mm-hmm. No idea how they relate or if like they cross paths at all. I don't know if like Sorin ever meets a horse. Horses are such a boring animal to me. I can't imagine that was interesting. Hold on. What's wrong with horses? They're just there. Yeah, that's all animals. All animals are just there. They're not interesting. They eat grass. (laughs) Wolves and bears and owls all eat meat. Like me. And I understand. Okay, but don't you like... I I mean, I enjoy seeing a horse munch on some grass. No, because sometimes then I have to see horse teeth, and that's fucked up. Okay. Anyway, they get to Yggdrasil, and they're like, hey, you're the guardians, the legendary guardians. You have to help us defeat the pure ones once again, because they're kidnapping the kids. And then I'm like, eh, I don't know. And then uh, the, the worm tongue guy, uh, what's his name? Sam Neil. Sam Neil Alomir. <laughs> He's like, Alomir. hmm. We shouldn't. We shouldn't rush into war. I can. I can maybe send some guys out next week to scout it out. But uh, then the but, other owl, the, the legendary hero, Ezelreeb, is like, no, uh, this is a righteous cause, and we should go to war immediately. Send your scouts now. And they almost fight. Yes, but the king who is barely a character and I thought was going to die. Um, What the fuck is the king's name? Uh, um, Boron. Yeah, appropriate, because I (laughs) did not fucking remember him. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Um, Boron is like, no, do it now, actually. So he does. Um, and they get attacked. They attack some dummies thinking that they're owls. And then they get attacked by the fleck. And then we cut back and he, Alamir is back. He brings some owlets with him that he's rescued. And they're moon blinked. And then when they heal, um, as they're healing, uh... Egg, Eglantine. Um, the king has sent has gone out to war, and they're healing Eglantine. And she's like, "No, you don't understand. Alamir didn't save me. I was given to him." And then they realize it's a trap, and uh, a big fight happens. Alamir has betrayed 
the uh, Guardians because he wants to be the king of the tree. Um, this doesn't work out for him and he gets eaten by bats. Yeah, there can only be one king, Metal yeah. Beak says. I don't think most bats eat meat, but uh doesn't matter. Maybe they're not eating him, but it just looks like it is. Uh, then there's a big fight in the air, and all the owls are fighting, and it, it, they like close in, and then it goes into slow motion as they clash, and then it speeds up again when they like fly away. It's really sick. Yeah, it's a Zack Snyder fight scene. Yeah, exactly. He, there's a lot of focus on how like sharp and glistening their like talon swords that they're wearing are. Then they always cut away before uh, the slashing happens because it's a kids' yeah. film. And I had mentioned during the movie, it's very impressively legible action. Like it's a very well animated fight scene when the there are they are birds with swords strapped to their feet. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that's 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 fun. Uh, and also just generally the way that the owls move around out of like in normal day to day with feet that they also use as hands uh, was interesting and fun to watch. Yeah, I love the way their faces are animated. I love the the use of their feet to like like they make loots and armor and write in books and it looks good. I like that they don't just use feathers as fingers. I hate that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Um, anyway, big fight. Um, Ezelrib ends up dueling Metalbeak, and he's, like, keeping up with him until Metalbeak's wife, um, Naira, shows up. Then it's two-on-one, and it's not so hot. Um, Soren has to fight Clud, and eventually, um... Clud's wing breaks, or maybe he was lying about that. I can't tell. I honestly couldn't tell. Uh, and he ends up trying to save him, and then he tries to pull Soren down with him, and he ends up falling because the branch snaps, and he falls into the fire, and he's gone. Clud kind of a chump during that whole fight, I think. He kept yeah, he, getting put on the back foot. He did not really bring it. Um, but Soren has now witnessed some of the atrocities of war and he picks up a burning stick and he goes to fight metal beak i almost called him iron mask (laughs) um he ends up stabbing metal beak with the burning stick and he's like clearly just shocked and like shaken by all this violence and so of course, instantly, Jeffrey Rush is there to be like, no, you did what was right, and you did it well. Yeah, but then Soren does go on to tell the exaggerated heroic war stories to the kids. Yeah, to get them ready for the next generation of fighting owls. Because earlier, um, Jeffrey Rush was like, no, you don't get a kid. You thought I was some like great hero, but I'm just some fucked up old scarred owl, because there's nothing glamorous or heroic about war. It's just something you gotta do sometimes. Unless but then you, you win... get to the war and it's like, this looks cool as fuck. The thing is, is that he got hurt doing it. But Soren was really good and just won and it was fine. So he doesn't he didn't get fucked up. Yeah, I guess he was better at war then. 
<laughs> Sorry, old man. I don't see, see what the problem is. I would handle it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that's the movie. Oh, except for the part where uh, we get one little shot of potentially Clud's silhouette approaching the fallen. I was so happy. Past. I was yeah. so happy to see the red-eyed Clud because the whole time I was like, "Oh, this fight is like uh, like Anakin and Obi Wan. Maybe he's going to come back as Darth Vader." I think he is. And then we see his silhouette and his glowing red eyes, and he's looking at Metal Beak's fucking body and mask, and he's like, I'm going to take the mask, and I'm going to be the new Metal Beak. MB. MB. Ooh. Just, just going to stash that in my brain for later. Mother Brain. Melissa Bergman. Uh, Megabyte. But that's the movie. We found out afterward, as we mentioned, there are 16 owl books. Then we have... um, What is it? Like... Six wolf books. We got three horse books. And three bear books. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of these, like the third bear book came out in 2019. So, still chugging along. Still going. Like, I found out recently that there were more Del Toro books. Since I last checked in. Oh, really? Yeah. Which was wild. Uh, Del Toro is a fantasy series of children's books that I read as a kid. Very dear to my heart. Uh, It also has a mid-anime adaptation. (laughs) Um, What's been happening in the world of Del Toro? Hmm? What's been happening in the world of Del Toro? Well, there... Well, why is Del Toro not... Here it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's the Del Toro Quest books. Um, Then there's Del Toro Shadowlands, Dragons of Del Toro. That kind of wraps up all the story of those characters. But there's also, I think, the... Yes, so there's... The Star of Del Toro series in the 2010s. Um, and there's also the Rowan of Rin series, which uh, is all in the same world. Um, this seems to be about a ship. I Maybe, this, maybe the ship is called the Star of Del Toro. Uh, and sh- this girl goes on adventures throughout different uh, islands in this world. And Rowan of Rin is also a, a series that I rather enjoyed. Um, he's this guy. He's like a he's sort of like a Twilight Princess Link situation. He's like a goat guy. Um, he goes on this quest up the mountain to find the dragon. Uh, because some something's fucked up with the environment, and he has to go up there and basically do a thorn in the lion's paw situation with this big dragon, so that um, 
I think it's because I think the mountain was freezing because the dragon wasn't melting enough ice because uh, it was hurt. But important thing is uh, he then goes across the sea in a later book and finds these like technologically like steampunk kind of guys who are like, we're going to take over the world. And then he races back uh, across the sea to to get away from them. And they they hop into these airships, um, which is a mistake. Because you know who's very territorial about the sky? Is a big fucking dragon. <laughs> yeah, dragons hate uh, when you in- invade their territory. So that was a great... Like, I think this is, like, multiple books after the dragon had been, like, a a relevant plot detail. And so they're, like, fleeing back and suddenly, like, you know, the clouds around the mountain part and the dragon comes out and just starts sinking all these airships. It was great. (laughs) I was a child. (laughs) But, um, yeah. People who write kids' books... It turns out you can just keep writing them because there's always new kids. Yeah, there's always more kids. That's why they can keep making Pokemon games. That's right. Um, but yeah. Uh, owls. I love the owls. I like looking at them. One time I, fig- I found out about out- like bird ears and it freaked me out. I don't like that. Why why not? They're just holes. Yeah? It's fucked up. I don't know. Yeah. I we mean, got they're some... more complex on the insides, just that. You yeah, know. it's just weird to look at like a hole in the head. Like yeah. A... No, I don't know. Uh, we, got some, we got some emails. Emails. Aiden asks. Yo, this movie's kind of like 300, but actually kind of good instead of repulsive. If you were an owl, what kind of weapon would you fight with? <coughs> uh, I'd probably do like a bow and arrow, like uh, Decidueye, but good. I was thinking gun. Oh yeah, gun. That's like a <laughs> bow and arrow even better. Um, honestly, uh, I like the bat... The bats have these, like, blades on their wings, and that's pretty sick. But also, bats have a little more going on with their wings than birds do, because they, like, got fingers in there and shit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Honestly, I'd rather just be a bat if they were allowed to be people. But I don't think bats are allowed to be people in this book. Yeah, the animals that can talk are uh, owls, uh, echidnas, and snakes. And... No, that might that might be it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, but yeah, a bow and arrow would be fun. I think a crossbow would also be fun. Yeah, can you wield two crossbows even? No, that would be complicated because you would. How would you reload them? Uh, I mean, you just probably have like a clip, right? Oh, like Van Helsing. Yeah, like Van Helsing. You know, it's not a pump-action crossbow. I like the visual of the claw, like, pulling it back to cock the next bolt, though. Is the yeah, thing. claws uh, manipulating objects is fun to watch. 
Santo asks, what is your favorite piece of fiction where animals are weird guys with political factions and realized thoughts? Also, are birds fucked up or what? Yes. What's, fuck, what's fucked up about birds? They're just guys. They're weird. They're a little weird. I, they can they can fucking fly. Yeah, but also their faces are hard. And they, uh-huh. got, they got like big teeth on their feet. It's weird. I, I mean, you have nails. Not the same thing. You, okay. You They're have closer teeth? to Human nails are closer to hooves than they are to talons. Uh, beaks, <laughs> beaks are just teeth. I guess. I guess. Birds are a little bit fucked up, but they are far from the most fucked up animal. It's my favorite movie where uh, where animals are are like guys that can talk. Uh, any piece of fiction. Uh, that would have to be uh, Ringing Bell, also known as Chira no Suzo. Never heard of it. What's that? It's about a little lamb named Chirin. It was a collaboration between uh, Tezuka and Sanrio. I've seen this lamb. Yeah. It's a cute little lamb. You know, it's sort of a Bambi-type story, but it goes in a different direction. I highly recommend it. I kind of enjoy... Well, I have fond childhood memories of reading Watership Down, but I have not revisited it. And when I say childhood, I mean, like, legit single-digit age. But I I have not revisited it. I remember thinking it was sick, but I should read that. I should just read that at some point. You all know why I'm being cagey about Sheeran. I'm just going to talk about it. So the thing that happens in Sheeran is that, you know, his mom gets killed by a wolf. Yeah. And he's like, actually, fuck being a sheep. Sheep are just, like, weaklings who get killed. I want to be a wolf. So I'm going to follow around this wolf and bother him and just keep poking at him until he trains me to be like a wolf. So then Sheeran becomes like, you know, a fucked up evil uh, uh, adult ram. He's like an Anakin Skywalker type being trained by Palpatine. Mm-hmm. And then he, the, the, his final test to like graduate is like, I'm going to take you back to a, uh, to the pasture where you grew up and i'm gonna you you to truly be a wolf you have to kill all the other sheep including the little baby lambs and Sharon's ready to do it but then he sees a scared little lamb who looks just like him when he was a kid and he's shaking and crying he's like oh no i'm i'm the baddie mm. so then he he turns on his wolf friend and kills the wolf which he always said he would because he was like I want you to train. I want you to train me to be a wolf so that I can eventually kill you. The wolf's like, "That's fine with me, because I know that's my fate as a wolf. That's the fate of all wolves to to die miserable and alone." So then, Sharon kills his wolf. Kills his wolf mentor, but then all the other sheep still can't accept him because he's fucked up and evil. And, you know, he still attacked the other sheep. So now he's he's truly completely alone. And now he's just wandering sadly through the wilderness. Damn. It's like, it's, you know, it's like in the part here where he was like, war's actually fucked up, but it actually does that for real. (laughs) Yeah. Is this a movie or a, or a series? Uh, this is, yeah, it's an animated film. Hell yeah. Um, I want to read you a quote from Watership Down. Okay. 
All the world will be your enemy, prince with a thousand enemies, and when they catch you, they will kill you. But first, they must catch you. Digger, listener, runner, prince with the swift warning. Be cunning and full of tricks, and your people will never be destroyed. <laughs> That's a book about rabbits. <laughs> Rabbit book. It's just, they're just bunnies. It's like, prince with a thousand enemies. It's kind of sick. It's pretty sick. I think that's the only one I've actually read. Um, I never got into Redwall. Uh, I played a game of Mouse Guard, the tabletop game, which mm-hmm. was fun. But um, I think by default, I have to pick this, or else it's a Bug's Life. Yeah, Watership Down is better than Bug's Life. <laughs> I think so, too. Um, now I'm putting that on my list, on my to-do list. We got another one here. From Irvandis. Uh, why is the story summary for the book series so bad on Wikipedia? Great question. It's It really does suck. It's like not very well formatted. Uh, I just want to know what happens to these weird fucking owls. How could this thing possibly be 31 books long? Uh, we have already addressed that part. Uh, half of the books are about owls. Uh, and half of them are about other animals. But I assume owls feature in them a little bit. Maybe. I I kind of I guess I have no basis for that. I would think so. <clears throat> That's what I would guess. Oh, I guess Narnia is another option for animals. What talk that I've read, but um, I think Watership Down is is cooler. Final email from Alexis. Hey, hey, can you just, like, pull up some wiki pages about cool owls? I think barn owls are cool as hell, but I would think that because I'm a Rowlet stan. What do you think about the Eurasian eagle owl? It's kind of an owl and kind of an eagle, and that's rad. It's definitely mostly an owl, though. The snowy owl is beautiful, in my opinion. Those are some cool owls. The Eurasian eagle owl is pretty good. I love its little horns. I don't think I've I had a favorite owl. I just like all the owls. I like their, their flat faces. Oh yeah, this is a classic looking owl. I've seen this owl before. Classic uh, of owl. There's over 200 species of owls. Uh, you know what my favorite one that sings is? What's that? That would be Weird Owl. Yank of it. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Weird owl yank. <laughs> That's right. They will put that in Chippendale. What? They will put Weird Owl Yankovic in Chippendale. Hmm. That's a Chippendale type joke. Maybe that's too creative so. for them. Yeah, no. That's too right. creative. And also, I don't think a Weird Al Yankovic joke plays in the Disney movie about rebooting Chippendale. I just don't know how aligned those demographics are. You don't think um, the parents know about Weird Al? Oh, I'm sure the parents do, but like... Yeah, throw I some jokes in there for the parents. Yeah, that's what He-Man is for. <laughs> <laughs> that's why okay. He-Man and Skeletor are on a panel signing audio uh, uh, audiographs? What the fuck am I saying? Autographs. They're doing autographs. And then He-Man is, has like a gay voice. Sweet. That's so funny. <laughs> um, have you heard of Friend Owl? Friend Owl? 
Yeah, the Winnie the Pooh owl is apparently named Friend Owl. Oh, I didn't know Friend Owl was the name of the owl. I'm going to send you a, a picture of this owl in case you've forgotten. Okay. It's a very grumpy looking owl. Oh, yeah. What I love about this owl is that he's just got legs and knees. <laughs> That's the thing about owls. A lot of times their legs are hidden by their feathers, but they actually have pretty long legs. Yeah, I saw a picture of somebody who picked up an owl and how long its legs were. It was, like, weird. Um... Owls are just silly little creatures. That's so true. And wasn't there an email that was supposed to be an attack on me? Yeah, it was the one where uh, Santo asked, are birds fucked up or what? Aw. Birds are not fucked up. Or... Or was it owls? I forgot the actual text of the email now. Are, yeah, it was birds. Are birds fucked up or what? No, they're not. <laughs> I can name many animals more fucked up than birds. I will admit this. But I think okay, all animals are Okay, give me five like a, fucked up animals. Uh, axolotl. Okay. Goblin shark. Uh, that... That... Uh, that flower that Gloom is based on. Mm-hmm. Uh, plants are plants are considered animals in my worldview. Um, what? What's that fucked up uh, Pokemon one? The one that's like half zebra, half giraffe. Is it an Okapi? Giraffering? Is, is it an Okapi? Is that the word? Yeah, Okapi. Okay. It's like got the head of a giraffe, but it's got stripes, but only on its ass. Hmm, interesting. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's four. Uh, my last fucked up animal. <laughs> Number five. Uh, I guess I'll say like... Um, uh, platypus is fucked up. Yeah, it's got too many animals in one. Yeah. I realize that Okapi and Platypus are just the, the two, like, oh, this kind of looks like a weird hybrid. Um, can, I I name, it, can I name five fucked up animals? Can you? Yeah. Okay, go for it. Homo erectus, uh, Homo ergaster, uh, Homo bodonesis, uh, Homo rudolfensis, and uh, Homo sapiens. Hmm. What about Homo superior? You mean Magneto? Yeah. Is Magneto gay? <laughs> He's played by Ian McKellen. Yeah, but it's is is Ian McKellen's uh uh Magneto gay? I think I think so. He calls himself Homo Superior. Uh some of the other names include Homo Mutandus on Earth 889. Homo Mutatus on Earth 4935 and Earth 58163. What are Isn't there in- like a, a Homo Perfectus in there somewhere? That's probably Apocalypse, right? Homo Perfectus. Um... <laughs> I'm not sure. Sh- uh, hmm... It was. I think it was like a human that was like, "This is the 
human's evolutionary response to the X gene. We made the, the best human, but he's technically not a mutant. Uh, I don't know. There's a page called Homo Perfectus, but it, it's human? Apollyon? This marvel.fandom.com wiki is is very poorly laid out. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm being shown the U-Men, an organization of fanatical humans who believed in the doctrines of transspeciesism to become physically superior by essentially becoming mutants. Okay. Uh, yes, Homo Perfectus, the self-mutated. From New X-Men Annual 2001. Hmm. On another occasion, the Omega Gang, led by Kid Omega, crashed into a human base during a surgical transfer of body parts, killing the half-dozen members. Damn. Okay, here's what I'm looking for. Uh, Marvel uh, category page genus homo. Let's list off all the types of homos. So we have the Eternals who are homo immortalis. Yeah. The Inhumans who are (laughs) in homo supremus. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the mutants homo superior. Uh, The deviants, the homo descendus. We have classic homo sapiens and we also have the Atlanteans, the homo mermanus. (laughs) What? <laughs> Como immortalis. Supremus. Oh. In Homo Supremus. In Homo Homo mermanus. Homo mermanus. <laughs> Homo... Homo immortalis is somehow normal sounding. <laughs> well, that's something. Or also written as Homo sapiens inhumanus. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, others like you also viewed Black Agar Boltagon. I never remember which way it goes. If it's Black Agar Boltagon or Black Agon Boltagar. <laughs> both, both are good. <laughs> oh! Wait. He's from the House of Agon? Who? Bo- Boltagon Black Agar. Bla- Black Agar Boltagon. <laughs> oh, it's from the House of Agon. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. 
So, yeah. Huh. Oh, weird. Okay, so Medusa's full name is Medusalith Amaquelin. Oh, or Amaquelin? <laughs> Inhumans are so stupid. I love them. For this just... purpose. <laughs> Okay, let's let's look at some of the uh, some of the Inhumans, right? We got Blackagar okay. Boltagon. Okay. We got Medusalith Amaquilin. Uh huh. We, we got Crystallia Amaquilin. Uh huh. We got Maximus Boltagon. Okay. We got Karnak Mander Azur. We got Gorgon Petragon. <laughs> we got Triton. That's it, just Triton? <laughs> just Triton. And then we got Ula Udanta. Okay. I love that Blackagar Boltagon implies Max Bolt. Max Bolt. The Maximum yeah. Bolt. If Black Bolt is his short name, then it should be Max Bolt. That makes sense to me. He's such a nerd in that show. That's right. You've seen the Inhuman show. I've seen two episodes. I've been enjoying it. Like if, I've been enjoying it like a fine wine, one sip at a time. Now how is it? Stupid. <laughs> yeah. No, nobody liked that one. I don't understand that. It has a six foot tall. Um, what's the dog with the barrel? St. Bernard? Lockjaw? Yeah. His name is Lockjaw. I don't know what kind of dog it is. I think it's actually an inhuman whose power was being a dog. I don't think that's true. I'm pretty sure that's what Lockjaw's deal is. They turn into a dog. He is an inhuman giant bulldog. That's right. He's a, his species is inhuman bulldog. But he's not an inhuman the people. He's Maybe not a, he's not a in homo whatever. I maybe they retconned this. I'm pretty sure that he he was born like like a human. Uh I don't think he's an in homo supremus. <laughs> uh let me see here. Lockjaw. This wiki is falling apart as I'm using it. Um. Mm -hmm. Oh. In the MCU, the Inhumans were created using Kree blood. That's true. That happened in Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You can yeah. ask me anything about that. I've seen that entire show. How many episodes are there? Uh, like 160, I think. That's fucked up. Yeah. Where where can I watch that? Not on Disney+. Plus. What? Oh, it's okay. A, yeah. Right. Uh, it is not on Disney+. Plus. I, I was looking... Uh, it's probably on Hulu. Um, 
Might be on Netflix even. Let's see here. Okay. Lockjaw. Originally, Lockjaw was a, just a dog, but uh, in John Byrne's stories in the eighties, he established that Lockjaw was once a guy. But I think maybe that's there's they've ignored that since. Yeah, because it says at least in six one six it says he was the loyal pet uh, of the Inhumans. Uh, he was born from the Inhumans' experimentation on canines. Okay. Uh, also, Lockjaw's mother was self-cested, uh, impregnated by her own cloned genetic material, and gestated five puppies with the purpose of performing teragenesis on the womb. Lockjaw successfully mutated while his siblings did not. Um... So he teleported his siblings to four different locations and then teleported back into the womb to be born. <laughs> Why are comics like this? <laughs> it says he shares a particular bond with Black Bolt and Crystal, so you tell me. I mean, he's, he's a very good dog. That's true. Is, he, is he an Incanus? Uh, it, it, actually, he's an in-homo canis lupus familiaris. <laughs> Wait, how is he an in-homo? <laughs> That's a great question. I don't know. It's almost like they're making this shit up. Yeah, almost. That's the thing I try to remind myself about movies. That's all made up. Yeah, it's just guys lying to you. Because sometimes it's treated like, oh, this is a this is a window into another world. And it's like, no, it's not. You you made it up. These are just guys pretending stuff is happening. This did not happen a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. It didn't. So make good images, please, God. You're not even not using a real set. It's all it's all <laughs> fucking green screen anyway. Why are they fighting in a construction fucking site? Here's the thing. Um. I watched the first episode of Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those scenes, yeah, I can tell that the people are not actually standing in this snowy field, right? Uh-huh. But you know what movie couldn't pull that off? In, in Strange New Worlds, when they're standing in the snow, they have snow on their bodies. In Guardians of the Galaxy Volume <laughs> 2, when they're in the snow, they're completely dry. And un- untouched by the snow that is whipping around them. Yeah. Follow the money. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, Crystal. Uh-huh. Do you feel that we have adequately explained uh, the existence of not only the Owls of Gahul, but also the Inhomo Canis Lupus Familiaris? <laughs> I think so, yeah. I think we've become <laughs> fools for Gahul. Yeah. Uh, talking animals. Sometimes they're charming. Yeah. I've never cared about them, really. Like, I always, like, avoided that kind of thing when I was younger. Um, in my, like, edginess, I guess. I was the same way when I was younger, but I've grown to appreciate them. We want, we read uh, 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 Watership Down as a school thing. When, uh, mm-hmm. I was homeschooled. 
Uh, that's the only reason I had picked it up. Uh, I had never had any interest in talking animal stories other than that. So, But maybe. God, I most of my life is reading or watching children's media from the 2000s, so fuck it. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I still have strong opinions about Aragon. <laughs> Someone's got to. Someone besides Chris. I think this is a good place to end the podcast. I think so as well. If people want to send you more information about strange dogs, where online would they be able to find you? Uh, They could find me on Twitter at Arcane Crystal. They could find me on the actual play podcast, Eidolon Playtest. It's about... What if your soul could fight for you? And it was like outside your body. And they can find me on the Book of Medora podcast where I talk about Metroid. Metroid? Yeah, the Metroid games. Metroid 5. The Metro Android. Yes, the the Metropolitan Android. Oh, no, Metrosexual Android. The Metrosexual Android. That's why he looks like that. Yeah, David ate the Metrosexual Android. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, in in the 1986 uh, Famicom Disk System game Metroid, Samus is a man. Mm -hmm. That's simply what's in the text. Yeah. Um, You know what's not in the text? Birds. Yeah, there's no fucking Chozo in the games. (laughs) All that shit's in the manual. They don't even say the word Chozo till Super Metroid manual. Yeah, it's fucked up. Also, Metroid Prime is is even less and less canon with each game. Is there any reason that the Chozo could not be the descendants of a some sort of awakened type of bird? Maybe a a, a species of bird with a rich history of of uh, noble warriors in metal masks. Oh, interesting. You're suggesting that uh, the Owls of Gahul are the ancestors of the Chozo. Yeah, it would make sense. Would I think it follows sense. one, two, three, like pretty, pretty clear that that's, uh, that's a... It's yeah, there's not really any argument against that. Yeah. Anyway, you can find me on Twitter at NeitherNora and find stuff I've done at NoraBlake.online. Uh... You can support this podcast, which does not always have birds on it, but sometimes it does, by going to exportaudio or patreon.com slash exportaudio. And if you give us money, you get uh, podcasts early. Not this one, because this is just the normal podcast. Uh, I don't think we've ever done export early. But the other ones, mostly things that Autumn edits, you get your bag end, you get your um, ornate stairwells, things like that. Bag End Book Club is the Lord of the Rings podcast. And now that we're in the Silmarillion where each week we have very little to talk about, it's also sort of doubled as us just hanging out. So, um, Yeah, I think on the last episode you didn't talk about the book. We did talk about the book. In episode 23? The most recent episode we talked about the events described in the Silmarillion. 
Because I'm looking at the description here, it's uh, the Wikipedia page for a lair that appears to have been copied and pasted. That's correct, yes. For <laughs> for uh, context of the episode. And you want to talk about a game I wish I liked more. Lair. Yeah, you don't like flying games. They're hard. Yeah. I tried playing the first uh, PS2 Ace Combat a little while ago. It's hard. It They're is hard, hard to, to fly. Yeah. The the only time like I used to play Rogue Squadron on PC when I was young and it was like I was very bad at it. <laughs> um the only time I've ever done close to good in a flying game was uh that new Star Wars one, Squadrons. That was that was fun. Interesting. It has cosmetics you can purchase to put like little hood ornaments on your uh on your ships. Anyway, that's the end of the podcast. Um, we didn't mention that there's two instances of an Owl City song in this movie. That was fantastic. I was so happy when I realized it was Owl City. Um, but that's it. I don't know what music is kicking up right now, but it's probably really good and cool. It's probably Owl City, right? I don't know. Maybe. We're soaring, flying. There's not a star in heaven that we can't reach If we're trying, so we're breaking free You know the world